Welcome to Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Our host is Aaron David Free, president of Israel Team Advocates International. Aaron is an author, speaker, Bible teacher, and an advocate for Israel and the Jewish people on college campuses nationwide. This is Israel and You. And welcome to Israel and You. Uh, I've got a great word for you today, a word of encouragement, a life-giving word. And just a little reminder coming up uh, this Monday evening in Mobile, Alabama. It's April 26th at Cottage Hill Baptist Church. Uh, we have an event. Israel team is coming to a city near you. And so this event is called A Night to Honor the Jewish People and Israel. Our special guest is Coach Bruce Pearl from Auburn University, the head men's basketball coach at Auburn. And uh, Bruce is going to be talking about uh, his upbringing as an Orthodox uh, Jew and then uh, what it means to be a Jewish coach in the uh, Division I level of uh, college basketball. And we're going to be talking about anti-Semitism and we're going to honor uh, our Jewish friends in Mobile. Uh, they'll be singing in Hebrew. We're going to sing the Hatikva. And listen, if you're an Alabama fan or an Ole Miss fan or a Florida Gators fan, everybody is welcome in this event. And you may not even be in the SEC and you're still, you're still welcome. I've had some people say, roll tide. You know, I'm not an Auburn fan. Well, this is not about <clears throat> really college sports. It's about doing our duty as Christians to honor uh, the Jewish people. So come on out, Cottage Hill Baptist Church, 7 p.m., April 26th, uh, it's uh, this coming Monday evening, and then on Thursday evening, we'll be up in Auburn, Alabama at Lakeview Baptist Church at 7 o'clock p.m. with Pastor Al Jackson. Uh, the pastor in Mobile is Pastor Alan Floyd, and both these pastors have graciously opened their doors to Israel team for these wonderful events. Uh, the mayor of Mobile uh, will be speaking at the event in uh, Mobile, and then the mayor of Auburn will be speaking at the Auburn event, as well as Coach Pearl again uh, speaking about his life as a Jewish man and what that means and how we can, as Christians, join with the Jewish people in supporting them and standing against anti-Semitism. So really would love to see you at, at both these events. And at the end of each event, if you'd like to come, we're offering our book, The Casualty of Contempt, Why We Must Stand Against Anti-Semitism in This Day. And Coach Pearl will be signing that book. He was a contributing author to Israel Team's new book. So if you'd like to come and make a donation to the Jewish Federation of Central Alabama and also at Mobile, you'll be able to meet Coach Pearl, shake his hand, and have your picture taken with him. So uh, we want to honor our Jewish friends in uh, both of these events, and we look forward to seeing you. So today we're going to talk about this wonderful Jewish concept of blessing. I, I've talked about it before about four or five months ago. And uh, when I went to Israel, my second trip, I was walking through the streets with a Jewish friend of mine, and I saw a poster in a shop window, and it was a poster of a father laying his hands on his son's head and a mother laying her hands on her daughter's head and they were praying and I said to my friend you know what do the words say in Hebrew <clears throat> and he said the words are may you receive the blessing of Ephraim and Manasseh and I said what's that he said you've never heard of the blessing of Ephraim and Manasseh I said no it's from the book of Genesis chapter 48 
where Jacob lays his hands on his grandson's heads, and he says, Through these two boys, all Israel will bless, saying, May you be like Ephraim and Manasseh. Ephraim means fruitfulness, and Manasseh means forgetfulness. So what Jacob was saying was, May you forget all the pain of your past, and may you be fruitful in your future. And so that blessing is pronounced over Jewish children every Friday night. Uh, uh, during the Sabbath meal. And so is it any wonder that Jewish people are so blessed because they receive these wonderful words of blessing over their life? So that started a journey in my life and in my family uh, where we began to speak words of blessing <clears throat> over our own children. And, you know, there's two words for this word curse. You see, your tongue can either speak a blessing or it can speak cursing. And the first word for curse is, in Hebrew, it's arar, and it means to cause to become fruitless and powerless. <clears throat> the second word for curse in Hebrew is kalel, and it means to despise, revile, humiliate, to show contempt towards a person or a thing. So our tongue can produce life or it can produce death. We can speak words that, that cause things to become fruitless and powerless. We can speak words of contempt to humiliate or revile or despise another person. Both are words of death. Both are words of cursing. So our tongue can speak blessings or cursings. It can produce good fruit or bad fruit. Our mouths can be filled with either life-giving words or words that produce death. And so a curse... To speak an arar is causing something in your life, uh, some an inanimate object, a, a family member, someone that you're close to. It's speaking words of fruitlessness or powerlessness over their future. And with words like kalel, another word for curse, is to show contempt or to humiliate or to demean or make fun of another person. We've got to really be careful about the words we choose that come out of our mouths. Proverbs fifteen twenty three says, A man has joy by the answer of his mouth, and a word spoken in due season, how good it is. Proverbs twenty five eleven says, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. So the power of a curse over your life can be broken because words go down <clears throat> into the heart. And you need to be aware of the power of words spoken over your life. They can carry weight. I remember when I was 24 years of age, I went to Bible school, then went to seminary, and I was an associate pastor in a church, and we were out with a group of friends, and I had started writing articles, and I love reading books, and out for dinner one night with a group of friends, friends that I admired and loved, I spoke out something about my future, and I said, you know, sometime I would really like to write a book. And a person at the table that I really admired, a friend, said, you know, Aaron, that's a waste of time. There's no money in writing books. You need to uh, provide bread on the table for your family. And first of all, what I should have realized is you, you never do ministry for money anyway. So what did that have to do with anything? You don't write books to make money. You write books to bless people and help people. I should have recognized this was a word of contempt towards my life, towards my future. 
Uh, it was spoken without hatred or someone, the one that spoke it wasn't filled with hatred towards me, but I should have revoked it. But instead of revoking it and said, you know, I just don't agree with that, or just under my breath saying, I don't agree with that. That's not what God has for my future. He's put books in my soul to, you know, to write in my future. But that word went like a knife uh, down into my soul. And James 3.6 says, the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity set on fire from hell. And so that word was set on fire from hell. And instead of revoking it, I allowed it to get down into my heart. And Proverbs 18.21 says, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And so that word uh, spoke death over my future. So this person Again, were they were they filled with hate towards my future? No, it was a person I I loved, admired, uh, respected. It was just a passing glance. It was a passing word. Don't waste your time writing books, Aaron. You need to put food on your table. And so from that day forward, I'll tell you what happened. Because I didn't renounce this this curse spoken over me. Instead, I put down the writer's pen. My creativity was cursed, and it was as if I was assigned to hard labor. Well, I just need to support my family. I can't do anything creative. I can't reach into God's creative toolbox that he has for my future and, and find things that, that really inspire me. And, you know, God's not going to give me the desire of my heart of, of writing books. I, I began to tell myself that. And so that word spoke death over God's calling in my life. And years later, I read a scripture in Isaiah 54, uh, verse 17. It says, no weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed, and you shall refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. Whose responsibility is it to refute a tongue? It's ours. You shall refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. I think we become kind of laissez-faire when it comes to the issue of, of renouncing curses spoken against us. Well, that's something that God's just going to do. But here he says, no weapon that is fashioned against you shall prosper or succeed. And you've got a responsibility here. You shall refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. And then it says, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their vindication is from me, says the Lord. So that was my responsibility. I didn't recognize it at that time. It says every tongue that rises against you. So that means when someone speaks a word of cursing against you, a word that is filled with fruitlessness, a word that's designed to tear down God's purpose and calling in your life, a word of contempt or a word of humiliation towards your personhood, uh, you need to revoke that word according to Isaiah 54 verse 17. Sometimes I, I will revoke it under my breath. I'll just say something like, I don't receive that. Or in, in the name of Jesus, I, I uh, renounce that curse. And it's not the person you're refuting, it's the word they have just spoken over you. And when you recognize that a word carries weight and it's filled with power, uh, a word of cursing is against your becoming and against your future and against the fruitfulness of your future, then you need to say, I, I renounce that. Sometimes I've confronted the person in love and say, you know, I just don't believe that. It's not who I am. 
uh, or who God has called me to be. It's not what God says about me. So I I don't receive what you just spoke. And I'll say it in love. I don't say it with anger, but I'll say I I don't receive uh, what you just spoke. We taught this to our kids when they were growing up. And I would always say to them, if you can't speak a word of blessing uh, over your sibling, we had we have four kids. If you can't speak a word of blessing, then don't say anything at all. And I also taught them when uh, another child says something to humiliate you uh, or to speak a word of cursing or fruitlessness over your life, then you need to renounce it. And you can just renounce it under your breath. But often as our kids were little, I would hear you know some other child, even one of their siblings say something derogatory against them. And I would hear them say, I renounce that curse. I renounce that curse. Uh, it's, it's a powerful thing. Words are powerful. And they still do that as adults to this day. They, they don't let a curse come their way without having an Isaiah 54 verse 17 moment where they refute that word. They don't refute the person or speak against the person. They speak against the word they've spoken against them. So the end of the story of you know this person that said, you should never write books. You can't put food, food in your table through writing books. It took 20 years for me to break that curse in my life. And 20 years later, I was a senior pastor of a church, and I was preaching on a sermon series on the book of Esther. And I finished the series. It was like a six-week series. I really enjoyed it. And two people in our congregation, two intercessors, named Mr. and Mrs. Ott, Jim and Doris Ott, they came up to me. Jim was a retired engineer. And they came up, these people were always in prayer. Our church opened every morning at 6.30 for prayer. And Jim and Doris were the first through the doors. Their faces were always filled with heaven. Their countenance was filled with heaven. And uh, they looked at me after the series. They walked up after church and said, Pastor, that was such a wonderful series you preached on the book of Esther. We think you should write a book about this. And that was my Proverbs 25:11 moment. It says a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. And life and death, it says, are in the power of the tongue. And that word they spoke was like life-giving to my soul. It was like an apple of gold in a setting of silver. And that word changed my life. That word of life just got down in my soul. And I'll, I'll tell you about what happened on the other side of the break. But as we come back, we're going to talk about uh, blessing your household, blessing your children, even blessing your automobile or your front lawn. We'll see you on the other side of the break. Recently, my wife Sharon and I went to the Jewish Film Festival and we viewed a film entitled A City Without Jews. It was based on a book by the Jewish writer Hugo Bater back in 1922 and he wrote about a fictitious city which was actually Vienna, Austria and said that uh, the Jews were being forced and persecuted out of the city and driven on trains and 14 years later uh, it actually happened. Uh, Hitler came in and he drove all the 
Jews from Vienna into the death camps. The next morning after we viewed this film, my wife said to me, I wonder what our city would be like without Jews. And as we compared notes, we realized that the Jewish community had done so much to bless our city. It was a Jewish philanthropist that built the cancer center. Uh, the universities in town were largely uh, funded by the Jewish community. The arts and museums were funded by the Jewish community. And so Israel team, based on this whole concept of honoring our Jewish friends uh, in our city, uh, we're establishing this program called A Night to Honor the Jewish People and Israel. Our first event will be at Cottage Hill Baptist Church on April 26th in Mobile, Alabama. Coach Bruce Pearl, head men's basketball coach of Auburn University, will be the keynote speaker. And then in Auburn, Alabama, on April 29th at 7 p.m. at Lakeview Baptist Church, again, Coach Pearl will be the keynote speaker. You can help us in these events to provide security and protection for the Jewish community that will be attending, you can go to israelteam.org and for a gift of $25 or more, we'll send you our book, Two Minute Warning, that I co-wrote with Coach Bill McCartney of Promise Keepers. This book talks about three coming revolutions coming to our world based on Israel. Go to israelteam.org. That's the donate section at israelteam.org. Thank you for standing with the Jewish people. This is Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Hey, welcome back to Israel and You. And I really encourage you to go to our website, israelteam.org. And it's an educational website. You can find articles and information and curriculum there about uh, the power of words, the power of blessing. And you can also help us by going to our donate section, helping us in these events. Uh, to bless Israel and the Jewish people. And you might say, well, why is it important that I bless uh, Israel and the Jewish people? Well, it says in Genesis 12, 3, whoever blesses Israel, I will bless. And there's a remarkable blessing that comes to your life when you stand with the Jewish people, when you bless Israel. And there's a wonderful story in Luke chapter 7 of a centurion uh, it was a Roman centurion who had subdued the Jewish people, but he was a God-fearer, and he loved the Jewish people, and his servant became sick. And the Jewish people, they came to Jesus, and they pleaded with him. This is in Luke 7, verse 4 through 5. They pleaded with him earnestly, saying, He is worthy to have you do this for him. In other words, heal his servant. For he loves our nation. And he is the one who has built our synagogue. So this man invested in building the synagogue uh, for the Jewish people in that community. And the Bible says, Jesus speaking said, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith of this centurion. And the Bible says his servant was healed that very day. So Jesus went out of his way to bless a Gentile Roman centurion who had blessed the Jewish people. So there is, there is blessing that flows our way when we stand with the Jewish people. And so you can go to our website. You can help us in uh, coming to a city near you in these wonderful events when we're standing with our Jewish friends. Go to our website, israelteam.org, to our donate section, and um, uh, you can help us in, in these events. So we're talking today about uh, the power of 
blessing and the power of cursing. And when Jim and Doris, to complete this story, when they spoke this word over me, Pastor, you should write a book about this. It was like an apple of gold in a setting of silver. And just as that curse word had pierced my soul 20 years prior, this word of blessing pierced my soul. And I immediately remembered the curse spoken over me 20 years early. And I renounced it. And I began to write. Uh, My wife uh, went to Books a Million. And she saw a magazine in the magazine rack entitled how to get your first book published she came home and said you need to read this and i i read it i studied it and i did what it said to do i sent out letters to five publishers didn't hear anything back for about six months and finally i get a call from baker publishing uh one of their labels uh and the editor was jane campbell And she said, Aaron, I really like uh, your perspective. You need to change some things in your proposal. uh, But I really like your perspective. Change it, and I'll take another look at your proposal. I did, and one year later, I held in my hand my first published book. And that just opened a a door where I, I, I wrote the book called The Decree of Esther, then a book on blessing, The Forgotten Blessing wrote a book called Two Minute Warning with Coach Bill McCartney with Promise Keepers about why it's time to stand with the Jewish people. wrote a book with uh, Baker Publishing called Bounce, uh, which helps people bounce back after a tragedy or a loss in their life. And then our new book, The Casualty of Contempt, which I edited with 16 authors uh, about the rise of anti-Semitism in America. And there's lots more books in my soul, in my heart, that the Lord wants me to write. It's, there's more fruit in there that needs to come out. So I thank God for Jim and Doris Ott, who came up on that Sunday and spoke a word of blessing over my life that changed my life. And so if someone speaks a curse, you need to go to Isaiah 54 verse 17 and renounce it. Lord, I don't receive that. It's not who you've called me to be. And so I renounce the words this person has spoken over me. And so from that early day of my second trip to Israel 20 years ago, uh, when I saw this poster of this father speaking a word of blessing over his sons and a mother speaking words of blessing over her daughters, we began to have uh, evening family meals, seven nights a week, where we would bless our children, my wife and I. And then after we were done blessing, we would say to our children now, who's ever sitting on your right, you speak a blessing over them, speak a word of fruitfulness. And that just carried on year after year after year. And we learned that you as a family are stewards over the things God has given you. During our family gatherings, we take time to bless the things that are under our care, our finances, our material things, such as cars or computers, and our home. This is scriptural, and the practice will help your children realize the value of taking care of the things God has blessed them with. You may think that it's strange to bless inanimate objects, but I've certainly seen people curse them, haven't you? I've always been amused at how quick we are to curse a broken copy machine or malfunctioning computer, but how slow we are to bless these things. I remember not long ago, we had a plumber at our house and we had a, a, a broken leaking water pipe. And so he was under the sink trying to fix it. And as he was in there, he was just mumbling curses towards the water pipe. 
And then he forgot to bring the right tool. He was cursing his toolbox. He was cursing everything. And he, he wasn't just speaking you know, words against the water pipe. He was actually using uh, profanities against the water pipe. Well, the day just kept dragging on. It kept getting worse and worse. The leaks start getting worse and worse. He had to go back to the shop to get more tools. And what should have been like a five-minute uh, fix-it job turned into an entire day because of his cursing tongue. We've all seen a motorist on the side of the road standing next to a disabled vehicle kicking the tires and cursing the car. We curse the aches and pains in our bodies. We curse the economy. We curse our jobs, our bosses, our finances. We even curse good old George Washington when we say things like, a dollar sure doesn't go as far as it used to. I have a friend who broke his big toe. True story. Broke his big toe while kicking and cursing his lawnmower for failing to start. If you desire for things under your stewardship to last for a long time, and certainly change the oil when necessary, water the lawn and paint the shutters, but also speak words of blessing over them. Jesus conferred a benefit of blessing over one loaf of bread. He spoke over an inanimate object, and it multiplied to feed 5,000 people. If you want your substance to multiply and increase, then bless it. And there are lots of things in the Bible uh, that we can bless. You can bless all the things that you own. Remember Obed-Edom and his family. They took care of the ark of God for three months, and God rewarded them with their act of stewardship. And the Bible says in First Chronicles thirteen fourteen, And the Lord blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that he had. When Moses verbally blessed the tribe of Levi, he conferred a blessing upon their things as well. He said, bless his substance, Lord, and accept the work of his hands. So you can bless all the substance of your household. Uh, when our son was born, I bought a used Suburban, a Chevy Suburban. It had 27,000 miles on it. This was nine, This was 2000, the year 2000, and he was born in 1999, so the, the vehicle was one year old, and I just started blessing that Suburban. Thank you, Lord, for this, this wonderful Suburban. I've got four kids. It drives great, and this Suburban is going to go a long way. There's not going to be anything happen to this Suburban, and you know what? For years and years, I would bless that car. And as it got older, some people would get in the car and say, what are you driving this old car for? I would say, listen, take back what you just said. You're speaking against my substance. You're speaking against this wonderful suburban that God has blessed me with. Well, long story short, uh, we had some guests over uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, we hadn't seen him since COVID started. And they pulled up in our driveway, and guess what they saw? My suburban. And they came in the house and said, I can't believe you're still driving that suburban. I said, Don't speak against my suburban. That suburban has almost 300,000 miles on it. It still looks wonderful. It's still running great. Still a great car. And so you can bless the things that you own rather than curse the things you own. I like to say, The grass in my yard is the greenest grass in the whole neighborhood. My house is a house of blessing. It's a house of peace. When people walk into our home, they'll always say, there's such an atmosphere of peace in this home. Why is that? Because we've spoken words of blessing 
uh, over our home. So we'll pick this up next week. You can go to IsraelTeam.org. And if you'd like to stand with Israel Team as we stand with Israel and the Jewish people, uh, you can bless Israel today through blessing our efforts to stand with our Jewish friends by going to IsraelTeam.org to the donate section, and you can help us in these events. We'll see you uh, on the other side next week. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.